This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. President Obama's FBI planned a coup against President-elect Trump. That is not an overstatement. That's not an exaggeration. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's the fact. President Obama's Justice Department and FBI planned a coup against President-elect Trump. That's what we'll be discussing on the show today. Welcome, everyone, to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you this Saturday afternoon. We're going to expose more of what's going on in Washington and more of what you will not hear from the mainstream media. You know, much information has been released the past two years about how President, former President Barack Obama's Justice Department, how they they framed Donald Trump as a candidate and as a president-elect how they framed him for a non-crime in order to uh, potentially bring down his presidency should he be elected. And all of these these acts, if you will, all of these these, um, schemes are still ongoing to a certain extent. Hence, we have the Russia investigation headed up by none other than Robert Mueller, who was also the FBI director under President Obama. So a lot of corruption going on in Washington, and it's been that way for years. Nothing new here, uh, but I'm here to expose it to you and so that the American people are informed about what's going on in Washington. So that's what we'll talk about today. First off, before we jump in to the, to the topics for today, I want to share how to keep up with the show. There's many ways to keep up with the show. We're on YouTube, Exposing Washington on YouTube exposing washington uh on youtube that's one way to keep up with the show you can also uh, listen to the podcast exposing washington podcast Uh, but the easiest way to keep up with the show is to visit our website afr.net afr.net and at the top of our website page there's a podcast link i'm going to go there right now and make sure i'm telling you the right thing at the top of our website afr.net there's a podcast link Click on it, scroll down three podcasts down to Exposing Washington, click on Exposing Washington podcast link, and then there will be all the information about the show, all the information you need to know. Moving on into the into the subject today, uh, CNN reported this past week that Robert Mueller, who is heading up the Russia investigation into President Trump, and, and so-called collusion between Russia and Donald Trump during the 2016 election, um, that is planning, or reportedly, going to be finished next week. Whether CNN is accurate in its reporting, that's to be determined. 
Nonetheless, that's at least what CNN is saying. We'll just have to wait till next week to find out. Uh, but what does this really mean? Well, several things. First, the, the, the fact that to date, there has been no evidence found that the Trump 2016 campaign colluded, whatever that is, which is not a crime, or conspired, which could be a crime, with the Russian government to beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. Not, a, not one iota of evidence has been found to such an end. And that's why all of the people who have been charged, indicted, and prosecuted in regards to this whole Russia investigation have been prosecuted and charged on, on, on crimes that are totally unrelated to the purpose of the whole Russia investigation. They're called process crimes. Process crimes of which we can all be charged with process crimes if you have the right prosecutors and the the right investigators who are willing to push that to the to the cert, to certain ends. Uh, nonetheless, uh, but what I want to talk about today is how basically what's been uncovered the past three to six months is that this was an elaborate scheme to frame Donald Trump and push him out of the White House based on false accusations. And one ironic thing is many of you remember back in the not not too not too far not too distant past Hillary Clinton used to accuse conservatives of pushing what she called the vast right-wing conspiracy. Remember that? Anytime you questioned what the Clintons were doing, even in the 90s and the early 2000s, anytime anyone dare question what the Clintons are doing, Hillary Clinton would trot out and she would say, oh, it's just these, these Republicans pushing this vast right-wing conspiracy built on falsehoods and lies. But now it's the Democrats pushing the vast left-wing conspiracy. And the conspiracy being that Donald Trump somehow partnered with Vladimir Putin to change the uh, election count in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Minnesota. Completely tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, so Democrats are now, you know, they're the ones that believe in these conspiracy theories. These unprovable conspiracy theories, it's the Democrats who are actually falling prey to them. And the, originate, the originators of this conspiracy which would be Hillary Clinton herself and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Department of Justice, Christopher Steele, you, you know all the names. The originators of this conspiracy, they knew from the get-go that they had no factual basis for the whole conspiracy. They had no factual basis for the entire conspiracy, yet they, they pitted, or they pit, President Obama's whole Justice Department against Donald Trump even before he was president. 
And I want to play clip two here. This is a columnist by the name of Eli Lake, the first I'd heard of this fella. But he's a columnist, and he was on Tucker Carlson uh, this past week, and he laid out for about a minute or so about how there's been no evidence of collusion with Russia between Donald Trump and Russia. And not only that, President Trump has been one of the toughest presidents on Russia. Clip two, let's listen. It's harder to justify that, especially two years into the administration. President Trump has appointed Russia hawks at the highest levels of the government. He has, in a lot of cases, not every single one, countered Russian interests directly. The most recent example being Venezuela selling lethal arms to Ukraine. So there's been no quo to the quid. And the quid has yet to be established after more than two years of an investigation from the FBI, which is to say the initial theory was that there was a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia to distribute, steal the emails from the DNC and John Podesta, and that there was coordination in some ways with the Trump campaign to help Russia influence the election. Well, you know, I think most people believe that the Russians certainly tried to influence the election. And but the other part of that, which is that coordination, not only hasn't been proven, according to the indictment of Roger Stone, they didn't know what were in the emails that Roger Stone was trying to figure it out from WikiLeaks. This and is the Trump campaign had asked Roger Stone to find out what was in the emails if they were coordinating. Don't you think that why would they have to go to Julian Assange? Well, there you have it. You know, uh, this fellow is exactly right. And by the way, that was a fellow by the name of Eli lake l-a-k-e he's a columnist and that was on tucker carlson's show on fox news this past week you know and he's exactly right he's exactly right no first off there's been no evidence that any crime was committed here yet we had this investigation this special counsel that that spent over 40 million dollars of our tax dollars on this this hoax you know and And then to to add to that, and exactly what this fellow mentioned, President Trump's been one of the one of the toughest presidents on Russia. It's not like Trump's in bed with Russia. No, he's been one of the one of the toughest, most confrontational administrations in decades. In decades. Probably since Reagan, or maybe a president or two after Reagan, but President Obama was no tough guy with Russia. I mean, remember President Obama was sitting on the couch with Vladimir Putin's number two guy, and he said, wait till after the election. I'll be more flexible. And then Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, tried the whole reset button. She had this this haughty plastic reset button that she tried to, uh, I mean, this is unbelievable. It was like a Saturday Night Live skit, but it was serious. She had this plastic reset button on national television, and they were trying to push it with Russia. You know, we're going to reset our relations. We're going to set things right. Why were they so eager to set things right? Probably because Hillary Clinton's State Department sold 20% of America's nuclear uranium to Russia. And there was pay to play there, clearly. Millions of dollars flowed to the Clinton Foundation during that whole transaction you know so the corruption and the deception runs so deep i can talk about this for hours i would bore you with it but i mean this whole idea that that donald trump's in bed with russia is an absolute hoax it's a joke it's kind of like this jesse smollett hoax in in chicago 
You know, you've read the stories where Jesse Smollett, the ABC actor, claimed that he was attacked by two white men wearing Make America Great Again hats, and they, they, they threw racial slurs at him and hung a noose around his neck and beat him up. That was a complete hoax. And it's the same thing with this whole Russia investigation. You know, it's unbelievable that, well, the media's bought into it because they want to buy into it. They know it's all a hoax. Uh, but I think the American people are much smarter than that. Another angle of this whole thing is that Andrew McCabe, the former deputy FBI director under President Obama, and he served a short tenure under President Trump in the FBI, he was James Comey. He was James Comey's uh, number two. James Comey's number two fellow at the FBI, Andrew McCabe. Well, he was also, Andrew McCabe's wife also received hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think $800,000 from uh, Clinton Associates while the whole Clinton email investigation was going on. I mean, the, the, the uh, conflicts of interest here are too many to mention uh, under the Obama administration. But I want to play clip four here. This is Andrew McCabe. He's sitting down, I think it's just like a 60-minute interview last week, and he's He's wrote a new book. Of course, he's trying to get rich off this new book, which I don't I don't really blame him. Uh, selling books about the Trump administration is a pretty uh, popular uh, thing to do nowadays for both people who like President Trump and people who are against him. But Andrew McCabe's got this new book out outline outlining his tenure in the Obama and, and Trump FBI. But here's what Andrew McCabe says about why he thought President uh, Trump deserved uh, to be investigated further. Let's listen. I think the next day I met with the team investigating the Russia cases and uh, I asked the team to go back and conduct an assessment to determine where are we with these efforts and what steps do we need to take going forward. Well, there you have it. Hey, that, there, that clip, the context of that audio clip there is that Andrew McCabe was explaining what he did the day after James Comey was fired by President Trump. And Andrew McCabe says there, well, I met with the team investigating the whole Russia hoax. And, you know, I asked them where we should go from here. And then they opened this, they reportedly opened this obstruction of justice probe, which absolutely had no grounding, had no foundation to begin with. You know, but that just shows these people, Andrew McCabe, James Comey, all of them, they, there's two options here. Either they knew from the get-go that President Trump, excuse me, was completely innocent. They knew from the get-go that. And they just wanted to do this anyways because of their political motivations. Or they were so shallow-minded, to put it nicely, that they really thought Donald Trump was a foreign agent. Was acting on behalf of, of the Russian government. And I don't know which one is worse. The fact that you believe Donald Trump is working for Vladimir Putin or that you think he actually colluded with Vladimir Putin. You know, that's unbelievable. And but then Andrew McCabe and James Comey and all the all the the corrupt people at the FBI and DOJ, they just get a pass. They just get a free pass. And then no one asked them tough questions. And. And as I've mentioned before, this is the whole double standard. This is the whole double standard that goes on in Washington, D.C. If you are a conservative 
if you are a Republican, better yet, if you are anyone who is not who is not closely aligned with the Democrats, then the the justice system comes down very, very hard on those folks. But if you are somehow aligned with the Democrats, if you are in bed with the Clintons, metaphorically speaking, then you get a free pass. You get a you get a pass when it comes to crimes that have been committed. And of course, I could go into all the crimes that Hillary Clinton com- committed that we factually know she committed, such as housing classified information on a private email server in an apartment bathroom. That factually happened. And Hillary Clinton did not have to answer for that. And then you, you have the whole Clinton Foundation. You know, they're getting money from foreign governments and doing favors for these foreign governments. Uh, all that's going on. So those are documented uh, crimes that have occurred. But, you know, they get a free pass. But not the rest of the country doesn't get a free pass. And I've talked about this over and over and over again. And just one more example about this two-tiered justice system is what I like to call it. This two-tiered justice system where the elites, the Democrats, the media, the Hollywood folks, they get a pass. You know why? Because they hang out with the Democrats. They hang out with the liberals. That's the top tier of the two-tier justice system. And then everybody else, the rest of America, falls under this second tier, falls under the tier below the first tier, and they have to follow the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you have to face the consequences. That's the bottom tier, and that's, that's me, that's you, that's the rest of the country. And so this two-tier justice system is backwards. It's not what our founders intended. There's a reason that Lady Justice has a blindfold over her eyes because the law is supposed to apply to everybody. The law is supposed to apply to everybody, but obviously it doesn't. All right, last example about the whole two-tier justice system, and then we'll move on to other topics, is Andrew McCabe. All right, we just talked about him. Andrew McCabe, Deputy FBI Director under President Obama. He started this whole Russia hoax. And he, Andrew McCabe, currently, as I speak, as we speak, Andrew McCabe has a criminal referral pending in, in Washington, D.C., in the, in the D.C. court system, in the D.C. Uh, justice system. Andrew McCabe has a criminal referral, meaning he's committed crimes and those crimes are being referred to a prosecutor. That referral is just sitting out there, pending. Guess how long this criminal referral has been pending? Going on 11 months. Going on nearly a year, Andrew McCabe's criminal referral has been pending in a U.S. attorney's office near Washington, D.C., And the question is, why has this criminal referral referral not been taken up and prosecuted? And why has it not been brought before a grand jury? Why? I would like to say because 
Andrew McCabe is at the top of the two-tier justice system, and he is protected by the elites in Washington, D.C. That's what I would recommend. Uh, moving off this subject on to other news, you know, the Democrats want to say that the border wall on the southern border doesn't work. Well, guess who has a border wall that works just well? Israel. Israel has a border wall that works just well. I want to play clip one here. This is one of the main architects of the border wall in Israel. And here's what he had to say when he was asked the question, do walls work? This is clip one. Let's listen. To those that say walls are ineffective, you say that they don't know what they're talking about. Look what happens in Gaza. If defense won't be there, they will be in Tel Aviv. Walls work. Walls work. <laughs> How effective have walls been for Israel? Well, from 2000 till the end of 2006, we had in Israel more than 3,000 terror attacks. We lost in this period 1,562 people that were murdered by terror attacks. Well, there you have it. That's one of the main architects of the wall are the multiple walls that are in Israel that protect them from the terrorists. And they were having they were having upwards of 3,000 terrorist attacks a year. So that's like if I'm got my math right, that's like 10 a day. You got 365, I'm going to do my math real quick. Uh, let's say 3,000 attacks a year divided by 365. Yeah, that's eight and a half, 8.2 terrorist attacks a day in Israel. In one day. In Israel, eight terrorist attacks. So they were having about 3,000 terrorist attacks a year. In Israel, they built the wall separating them from the terrorists and the criminals. And then this dramatically decreased the crime and the terror attacks in Israel. So, uh, and another thing I want to note to you, you know, the President Trump declared the emergency order, which we talked about last week on the show, and he declared the emergency order to build the border wall or build parts of the border wall, you know, and he's facing lawsuits, President Trump, that is, is facing lawsuits over this whole emergency order. And it is true that some of this is going to be held up in court for probably over a year, I would say. But some good news that I want to report to you is that there's a large chunk of this money, there's a large portion of this money to build the wall that, that, that lawsuits cannot touch. That lawsuits can absolutely not touch. I think it's roughly over $2 billion dollars in this uh, emergency order that lawsuits cannot touch. And so President Trump, the good news there is that President Trump can go ahead and begin the border wall in certain portions of the southern border while the rest of this money is hung up in courts. So I believe it's over $2 billion, and I'll double-check my numbers after the show. And if it's different, then I'll let you know next week. But... A little over $2 billion, President Trump has cash on hand to start building the border wall on the southern border. The rest of the money, President Trump's going to have to go through the whole court system to get that money freed up. A couple news stories in the last few minutes of the show that I want to just skim over, talking about the border wall. This uh, illegal immigrant, this criminal illegal immigrant, and all illegal immigrants are criminals, I've mentioned that before, 
cross the border illegally, bam, you're a criminal. This illegal immigrant, uh, Sunday, this past Sunday, he got in a shootout with, a, with an officer in California. This illegal immigrant has been deported multiple times. I think over three times this illegal immigrant has been deported. Well, guess what he did? He attacked an officer. He opened fire on a police officer in California. Well, you want to know what would have stopped this criminal from being in our country? A border wall. A border wall. Not to mention, California would not let Immigrations and Customs Enforcement detain and deport this multiple offender. This multiple offender, uh, California was protecting this criminal that tried to kill this officer. And thankfully, the officer defended herself and shot and killed the suspect there. So we won't have to deal with him anymore. Um, but this just proves that border walls are needed and that these 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 counties and these states that are protecting these these criminals. I mean, this is absolutely reprehensible. The fact that that that, that states, that cities, that counties are protecting gang members they're protecting thugs. They're protecting criminals. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's a betrayal of the American uh, judicial system to protect criminals, to harbor criminals as the government. I mean, the government's sole job, one of the, one of the most basic governmental duties is to protect the citizenry, citizenry, is to protect the citizens. And now in America, 2019, we have the government protecting the criminals now tell me how backwards that is the government is protecting the criminals but one uh changing subjects here but still on the justice system you know there's this 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 female terrorist from alabama who traveled to syria a couple years ago she fled to syria a couple years ago because she wanted to join the islamic state terrorist group and she did join them her and her son left to go to syria to join ISIS, and now she's begging to come back to the United States. She's whining and complaining about how bad it is to live under ISIS territory, ISIS control, and I would say, duh, you're living under Islamic supremacist terrorists. Of course it's not going to be a good time. But this, uh, this, this terrorist, this female terrorist, is begging to come back into the United States because she said, She's miserable over there. She regrets her decision to go over there. But kudos to President Trump. He told her she's not coming back in the country. President Trump told her she's not coming back in the country. Why is she not coming back in the country? Because she's not a U.S. citizen. She was born in New Jersey, but she was born to a foreign diplomat, which means she's not a U.S. citizen under federal law. So kudos to President Trump for his tough uh, terrorist stance there, not letting terrorists back into our country. Exposing Washington American Family Radio Network is the show. Glad to be with you. Uh, we'll be back more of next week. Go to AFR.net for more information about the show. And until then, stay tuned to American Family Radio. God bless.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.